0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to my first podcast ever. My name is Leo Hankles, and I'm a senior at Boston College. The inspiration behind this podcast comes from a creative nonfiction class I'm taking, where we are encouraged to experiment with other mediums to tell a story. In this podcast, I hope to explore how and why people fall in love with fishing. Today, I'm joined by Ian, an avid fisherman himself and the creator of the YouTube channel, The Boat Project. Thanks for taking the time to join me today, Ian. want to provide the audience with a brief intro and explain your ties to fishing. Of course. Um, and thank you for having me on, Leo. Um, I think it's, it's a pleasure right. to meet you, and thank you for reaching
1: out. Um, <clears throat> my ties to fishing, it's kind of interesting, because I, I probably started fishing when I was I, I was young. I don't know how old I was, probably like seven or eight. Um, I had one of those like small like push-button ugly sticks. Right. Um, and I got into it pretty heavily for like three or four years. Um, and at that age, it's like your parents have to drive you everywhere, like you have your own money kind of thing um you're like sneaking into rivers and lake and ponds you probably shouldn't be at um and then I kind of I kind of lost the I kind of lost interest in it for a while I think I got to like middle school high school age and um just like other things became priorities um and then I think it was like 2018 or 2019 um I started getting into, like, getting back into, like, boating and and, and that kind of stuff, um, I'd always wanted, so this kind of, like, ties in with, like, the boat project that you mentioned before. Um, it kind of started out probably when I was, like, very young. My, fam- my family's always spent um, summers on the Cape, uh, Cape Cod, um, and I always wanted a boat. We would always have our neighbors take us out, and we'd always have, um, like, family friends ready to go get out kayaking and I love the water but we never actually owned a boat ourselves so at some point I kind of jokingly was like if we're not gonna like if you don't if you don't buy a boat I'll just build one um and I was probably like seven or eight when I said that and then fast forward to like 2018 where the kind of my fishing story kind of stopped um I was sitting at an internship and I was like bored out of my mind and I was like I want to like I'm gonna just do this boat thing that I've had in my head for the last 20 years um so I graduated college in 2019, took a year off and was like, just kind of went all out and ended up building that boat um, that I documented on my on my YouTube channel. And within that year off, I think it gave me kind of like reignited the whole like fishing side of things that I love to do. Um, it was more in like. I forget, I forget exactly how it started, but it was, like, probably 2019 in New Jersey. We have these, there's, like, free fishing days. Um, and it was one day that I was kind of just, like, bored. Not re- the, It might have been raining or, like, I wasn't working on the boat for some reason. Um, and I was, like, I haven't gone fishing in, like, a long time. So I went back to, like, the same childhood ponds I used to go to. Um, and then at some point, it just evolved from, like, basic, like, spin casting to I fell in love with fly fishing. Um, I think that started early probably early 2020 late 2019 um i had an old fly rod in my basement i picked it up and i was like this is this is what i love to do um and ever since then it just kind of like snowballed into to what it is now um, where it's like every weekend i'm out fishing about going in the middle of woods somewhere just like either chasing trout in the in like the woods or out on the in the surf um, the surf is a little bit trickier with fly fishing i'm, yeah. I'm still learning that um so there's like I do still do brainstorm fraud. It's like a little bit of a crutch that I want to get away from at some point um, because I think the fly is just a lot more fun. But um, yeah, that's probably a good background of like how the boat and my fishing history kind of come together.
0: That's awesome, and it's something that I'm very jealous of. Looking for jobs now, like I part of me really wants to just like really just go into fishing and do that. And it's mm-hmm. like you have to like balance like your hobbies with 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 what you want to do in life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super inspired by your story. Can you kind of just walk, like go to that point where you were like, I'm going to build a boat today. Like, like, obviously you said all that, but like, what's like yeah. your thought process when you first jumped into that? And then like, what are like the next few days look like? Do you start like looking for lumber? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So I honestly couldn't probably can tell you what's going on in my head. Um, it's, it's, it had been like a seed that was planted for years. And I was like, I was ultimately going to do it at some point. It was just like graduating college, I was like, I'm never going to be this, like, physically fit again in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was fortunate enough that I, like, had the support systems around me. I didn't, like, need to go get a job immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to do it. And then I got I got home. Um, I was actually, I was studying engineering at the time. So I came home and I, like, had, um, like, all the, like, the software and everything. Um, and I just, like, it started out on paper. And I was like, I'm just, like, going to sketch this boat, give, like, general dimensions. Um, And it just kind of, like, every day would be, like, 15 or 20 minutes in the morning. I would get up early and, like, work on the design, do research. Uh, And that went on for, like, probably two years, I think, just, like, design and, like, figuring it all out. Um, I actually connected with a couple of different people. Um, One guy down in North Carolina, uh, the owner of Salt Boat Works, Mm -hmm. um, his name is Adam, and he was incredibly helpful. I think he, like, picked up the project and was, like, I think in his head, he's like, this kid's absolutely crazy. Like no one, no one has no experience to be building a boat and designing it from scratch. Um, but he was like, he, he worked with me. He's like, hey, like the dimensions are like traditionally like X, Y, and Z. And he like walked me through the history of like World War II, like how the U-boat really like, was it the U-boat? I don't want to say the U-boat and then be wrong. Um, but there's like something in World War II where it was like, this is like, this model of boat changed boat manufacturing trajectory like forever. Um and he's like if you follow like these like rule it was like a rule of thirds, like the first the first third of the boat or first two thirds from the transom forward are like a gradual curve and the first the last third is more of like a like a aggressive curve, if you will. Um oh, nice. and just like going through like the like ratios and things like that and how like the beam of a boat and the length are always within some proportion and like, like having a wider beam is more stable versus more narrow beam is faster, stuff like that. Um, And I just kind of fell in love with it. And I I actually eventually like didn't graduate with an engineering degree, (laughs) which is kind of, uh, (laughs) kind of funny, but, but yeah, I just kind of like took it with it. Um, I've always been like a person that when I get an idea or when I find something I really like, I'm just like, to go for it um i think that also like, shows up with fishing too right like yeah falling down fly, fly fishing i'm like every every day it's like how can i improve casting like how can i be better caster in the wind how can um i'm now like starting to learn how to tie flies like how can i like tie a better fly how can i be like better getting a better presentation how can i better like find fish in um like in in the in like the marshes versus in open water and stuff like that so um yeah i think that little bit of an everything in that answer but yeah that's probably like that's how the boat project kind of came to fruition um
0: and yeah it's been a wild ride since then that's awesome and you mentioned something there that's pretty interesting about fly fishing it seems like um like you talked almost as much about like the preparation and like the the process behind like fly fishing and that's something i've kind of learned like i i haven't ventured into fly fishing yet but like my my thing is surf fishing for stripers um mm-hmm. and like the, the night before my favorite thing is just to like tie all my lures like make like a little like box with all the lures i think are going to be be good depending on like the hatch that year and um that's like my thing i love like preparation almost as i like the act of fishing itself is that something you found and do you think that's ratcheted up with fly fishing um because i know it's more of an art than like a actual like activity yeah um that's a good point i think i'm
1: I like the preparation part of it more in the, like, I'm on Google Maps the night before, like, looking at, like, there's, like, the surf component to it where, like, I don't know all the beaches in in New Jersey quite yet or even up into Long Island. Um, So I'm like, okay, like, this could potentially be a rip or, like, this is, like, an inlet that might hold fish. Um, But more of, like, and especially in, like, the early spring, like, when it's more, like, trout season and not, and the stripers aren't, like, as around, uh, it's more, like, okay, like there's this little, like this blue, it's called blue lining, but you're like, you're looking at Google maps, you're like, oh, there's this little blue like creek that goes in the middle of these woods. And I can like jump, I can get off this bridge and walk like two miles up this river. Um, and just like eventually getting there, um, and like finding your, like this secluded water. And, and I live in a relatively populated area of New Jersey, but like, you're still able to find those areas where like you go through they're, like looking all night and you're like, oh, I, I, this is gonna be the perfect place. And then finally getting there and you're like, it's just very euphoric. Um, There's also plenty of times where it's just like, it turns out to be a dump or like
0: there's no water there anymore something like that.
1: Um, So it's kind of a gamble every time, but I think that to me, that's the more enjoyable preparation. Um, I read an interview. I I understand like the, I kind of get where you're coming from too, of like match and hatch, like knowing what lures to bring. I always approach fishing as like very simple, right? Mm I, I don't know if, you saw the interview with the Patagonia CEO. He challenged himself. I think this year he went every time he went out fly fishing. He only brought one fly. Um, so no matter what he was chasing, it was always the same fly. No matter what the hatch was, wow. and it's like it simplifies it to a point where you don't need to think about anything, and you're just gonna go chase the fish, be out by yourself. You're not really thinking about anything other than just like the task in front of you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't approach it that to that extreme but i always have like the same like four or five flies with me i always have the same like if i'm surf casting i'll have like uh, some swim jigs some epoxy jigs some like the same four or five things every time so,
0: that's an awesome answer. and i, I yeah. think you brought up something there that's tough to quantify but like when you're in that zone and you're fishing like how would you try to describe that to beginner when you just like zone out and you you like look down at your watch and it's been two hours and you really haven't like yeah
1: yeah I, th- I think the closest comparison is probably like meditation because um, you're in meditation. You're kind of, I don't know if, if you've ever meditated or like at all are familiar with the practice, but like you're, you're kind of just like sitting there focusing on your breath and your thoughts. And if you really get into like a flow, it can be like 20 minutes and it's just like a blink of an eye. I think I get the same, the same feeling with fishing, right? Like you'll be standing in a river or standing in a surf and it's just like the waves are crashing and all you're thinking about is like, your casts, especially it's, it's almost more amplified with fly fishing because it's like more of an art to cast. Where with, with surf, I understand there's like an art form to surf casting, but with fly casting, it's like, okay, like you're like you strip it, like you're doing like the, the back cast and you forward cast, and then you have to like if there's fish running, like you have to place it per- perfectly in front of them. Um, and you're not thinking about anything else in the world, like you, your job is in the background, your college applications are. Not important at all, and you're just like in the moment, um, and I think it's like one of the few times that like, you actually experience that. Um, it seems like a relatively like pretentious way to think about fishing, but I, I think that it it's it holds true, um, and once you get past the like I don't know how to cast, like this is frustrating, I never caught a fish for the first like two or three times you go out. I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen to everyone, but once you get past like the frustrations, there's like joy in it, and it's not every time you go out you're not going to catch a fish. You might get skunked three or four times. And then the fifth time, it's like the best day of your life.
0: Um, yeah. So it's like when you have like given it all your all for a couple of outings there, and you've got zero, and then that first like mm-hmm. nibble, and you, you come tight on the fish. It's probably the best thing in the world, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit um, and talk about like, your video skills. So like, what <laughs> I know you like, you obviously made the, the crazy decision to build a boat, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. like on top of that, you decided to record it all. Can you talk a little bit about like your mindset there, and then how you kind of also mm-hmm. have started recording your fishing? Yeah,
1: um, so I appreciate it. it's generous to call my video skills skills. <laughs> um, I've act- I've always been interested in photography, um, and I think kind of like going back even further, that's probably where like the documentation of this started. Um, I more so like photographed the entire progress process more than I videotaped it. The video is more just like set up a phone, set up a camera, set up a GoPro or like put a GoPro on my chest or whatever and just kind of go. The process or like the thought process of setting it up is like, this is something like I never really cared if like anyone liked it or like followed the project, especially like early on it was more like my kids are going to see this one day. And like, I'm not going to remember every little detail that I did. Um, It's more just like, I want to be able to like remember this and like go back. Like sometimes I'll go back, admittedly, like sometimes I'll go back and like look at the videos and be like, this is really cringe. Like I hate watching myself. Um, But then other times it's like, this was a really good period of my life. Like there's memories that are from like back into like 2018 to 2020 and like, yes, I was like, this is like other things that were going on in my life were also happening now. And like, I can like see those emotions in my face. and like what the pro- like the steps of the progress were and like what like at what, po- at what point like i had my friends there like helping me out they obviously weren't in the videos and like but when my dad was helping me and like just spending that time and um being able to reminisce on it
0: yeah that's awesome what an answer mm-hmm. and did you ever like find that like your photography or video um impeded on like your boat building or fishing or is it like a compliment um kind of interested your thoughts there um my gut reaction is yes, uh, but I will also explain why it's no. Um,
1: I think when you're right, when like when you're doing something for the first time, right? I think I like to focus on learning it, um, and I think recording the boat project for the first time it was distracting, um, and at some points, like as much as I say, like I didn't really care about like anyone watching the videos, like in the back of your mind, it's always like, oh, like, this could be big, and, like, you can make money, like, you you know, like, the whole, like, right. social... And I, like, work, obviously, now work in social media. I'm like, I fucking hate everything that happens here. Um, <laughs> it's it's distracting. I think the yes part of that answer, though, is when things are slow or, like, when you're not feeling, like, your best that day, like, there's another creative outlet, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of, like, my favorite favorite videos or favorite pictures that I've taken we're on days where the fishing was just like, I'm like dreading being out here. Like I can't, I can't buy a fish to, to save my life. Um, and I'll just like throw up the drone and be like, all right, let me just see what I can do. Or like take out my camera and like go like chase some wildlife or something. Um, so I, as it's a good complimentary hobby to a lot of this. Um, yeah, But I think it also is very distracting, especially when you look at it of the lens of like modern art, right? like not, not modern art, but like modern like approaches to in, like photography and videography. It's all, Social media first. It's all like content more than it is art. Um, and I think your question before of like what made me decide to start documenting the fishing aspect of it, I think it just felt normal at this point. Uh, where like a lot of my hobbies, like when I want to document it or like when I think there's something cool happening or like I can take a shot, like take a picture that is unique or something that I'll want to remember. Um, I'll do it and I think also there's an aspect of it like my job is I don't want to get too much into career but like my, my career is like based in social media and advertising um, and being able to know like how all the social platforms work you know and how like and that's why I've posted shorts like knowing how it, the shorts work like how the algorithm works like how people interact with it is like important for my role I obviously don't care if it's like does really well or anything um, it's more just like a learning opportunity for me.
0: Do you find that working in social, in social media has impacted your for like hobby for photography? Because I know like, I kind mm-hmm. of frame the question also like if you got into boat building fishing, you think that would you negatively know, affect those you have too.
1: Yeah, so if I was like working in the industry of like fishing industry, is that what
0: well, like, the question is? directly interacts with one of your hobbies like for example mm-hmm. photography and social media do you think that takes away anything from photography or is it almost still an escape for you
1: i think it's still an escape because i'm still able to keep that like direct separation right mm-hmm. um, i work more in like an analytics capacity thank god <laughs> cuz i would hate yeah. to be paid uh, i would hate to be paid to be like a creative um so i can keep like that that level of separation um right. but yeah i i always go back and forth with it right like some days you're sitting at your job and like, I, f- I like, I wish I was like on the boat or like, I wish I was fishing. Right. But then when the days that you're on the boat and you're, or like when you're out on the water, you're like, if I was getting paid to do this, like it may not feel this like it's enjoyable. Thing. So uh, it's a balance. I think it's very much like the rest of life. It's nothing's black and white.
0: Everything needs to be like on a sliding scale. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go for a mm-hmm. few more lighter questions now, simpler ones, but hopefully more interesting. It. Um, how about best fish you ever caught and then maybe a fish that you really want to catch or like something that you've been thinking about for a while that you haven't quite knocked off the list yet. Gotcha.
1: Um, okay. I think my favorite fish was probably my, okay. So it's probably either my first or my second striper. Um, and I'll go back into both of those stories. My first striper was my, on up on, up on the Cape, we have this. We had this neighbor. He unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. Um, he was a very nice man. He was also from the New York New Jersey area. He just moved up there when he retired. Um, he took us out, my dad and I, out on his boat one like five or six o'clock in the morning. And like when you're Whoa. like ten or twelve years old, it's always like oh, like this is so early. Um, looking back on that now, I'm like that was not that early. Um, but he took us out, and it was just like a, a nightcrawler on a on a hook. And he was just like, let's just take him out, like, get him his first fish, and just, like, an incredibly memorable morning. Um, like, those mornings are, like, always the best, like, when it's just, like, completely still, like, even, like, a little foggy, and it's just, it's hard, it's hard, to, it's really hard, and hard to put into words, but there, there's just as much a memory of the fish as there is the people I was with. Um, the second one, the second striper, <laughs> I think it was either that same year or the next year, um, we had this, this is kind of funny, but we, I always had these little inflatable, like fishing boats as a kid, you know, like the ones you get at like the, um, and (laughs) my dad and I, we put it in the, there's like a a cove near our house. Um, Mm -hmm. there's there's like stripers. It's kind of like an estuary and the fish will come in from the ocean side and, um, go up into the little bays and whatnot. My dad and I got into this little We were like way overweight, but the two of us got in this boat and we rode it across the the boat channel, um, which in retrospect is probably pretty dangerous, but (laughs) we did it anyway. We rode across the channel and kind of the same thing to like a nightcrawler on a hook. Like I was absolutely determined. And my my dad's not a fisherman. My dad's like, he could probably care less about it, but he just did it because he taught it, made me happy. Um, And he was like rowing this little inflatable boat as I was like drifting this little nightcrawler and we caught a bass out of it. And... Looking back on the pictures, it's like me like holding this little net over the side of the this little boat that should a- absolutely not have been there, um, and it's just like an incredible memory. I don't think I'll ever forget that. Um, bucket list fish, um, I don't know. It's tough. I think I would really love to catch a tarpon on the fly. Um, I read. I've, I've the uh, the reason that I would say that is. Wrote the book's title is called um Lords Lords of the Fly um it's about like South Florida in the 80s when it was like still like a very natural environment and like the the like the the generation like the creation of the like flat skiff fly fishing in the flats like that generation and and cohort of people um and just like hearing the stories about it um it sounds like an absolutely incredible experience. Um, I think also on that list would probably be redfish. I have not ventured down to like the Carolinas or anything. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably like the two like bucket list games,
0: game fish. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, I also haven't caught a redfish and it's been on my bucket list. And then I once went with uh, my brother to Florida. And he got a tarpon, and I missed out. I was uh, I was right there next to him, so half counts. And it was it was awesome seeing them jump, but still definitely on my bucket list as well. Yeah, same boats kind of counts. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Florida's a different animal. Like you can mm-hmm. just bring a spoon there, and it's it's a lot easier to catch fish than Jersey.
1: Yeah, I've actually it's funny I've heard um, in conversations like people that live in like the Carolinas or Florida, they're like these guys from Jersey that come down with like the surf gear, and it's like they think you can just catch a fish from every single beach, but like in reality you have to go like 10 miles offshore to like find anything. Um, I don't know if that's actually true. I think there's like some stigmas around being from Jersey, but
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. okay. I got two more questions and then uh, I'll let you go. Um, so my first one is, do you think someone's born with like the love for fishing or do you think it's something that can be fostered or uh, acquired throughout your life? It can definitely be fostered and acquired. Um,
1: I think I come from a family that like no one else, actually that's not true. Like my, my direct family, no one fishes or like really is all interested in the outdoors. Mm. Um, I think, well, I think there's like an interest in like hiking and like the general outdoor activities, but not like fishing or any of that stuff. Um, so I think I've definitely acquired it over time, but I think there's also like a, there's like some familial, like familial, like blood there um i think my grandparents my dad's side grew up on like an island country near croatia or like an island off of croatia um like a little fishing village so like it's i think it's to some extent in my blood but it's very much a learned hobby like i'm not nothing's being passed down nothing's being like adopted from watching others it's all just like um going out and trying these things on my own so right
0: right that's pretty cool. I've never thought about like going back and looking at your ancestors and seeing kind of where they grew up. That's something I might, I might take up. Um, seems like a really, yeah. really interesting, like really interesting uh, hobby to, to, to look at. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then I guess to wrap it up, tie it in a bow. Um, if fishing can be learned and like acquired, what advice would you give to any, any people in the audience that are beginners don't really know anything about fishing want to get involved? Um, how would you tell them to, to start? Um, I would say just like try
1: it. Um, I don't. I think it's like kind of a like an easy answer, right? But I think there's always been a stigma around the fishing industry as a whole that we're this very like gatekeepy community. Like you're not gonna be able to talk to anyone out on the water. Like you're gonna go to like a, a fly shop and, or like any fishing store, and if you don't know what you're talking about, they're gonna like shun you. I've had. I've had probably the more, more most positive interactions I've had with people have been like passing by someone on the beach or like walking into a fly shop randomly and being like, Hey, like I'm looking for X, Y, Z, or like, I want to do like, X, like these other things. And like, you can kind of be like, I'm new, like I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't think, I think especially the newer generation, like our generation is more welcoming to that. And they're more like, Oh yeah, like hundred percent. Like I'll teach you X, Y, Z. Like, let's like, let's go out to the beach right now. I'll like show you all this other stuff. Um, there's definitely some people in the industry, and I'll say like, I don't, I don't want to give like an exact age range, but I think there is still very much that old guard of like, pay your dues, like you weren't a deckhand for 50 years, like you don't deserve <laughs> to even like be on the water. I think there's still people like that, and I think you just have to like block them out and be like, there's, this is like a, a one-off, like the, the most negative voice has always been the loudest, right? So being able to just be like, oh, like this guy's just being a dick. Like, there's for every one person that's like that, there's gonna be six other people that are like the nicest people in the world, right? Um, I've I think like the first time I was like backing a trailer down into a ramp, like it's difficult, <laughs> right? It's um, really difficult. <laughs> like the whole like everyone on the ramp like, is going to be like, oh, like let me guide you or like do X Y Z. Like no one's going to be like, oh, this guy like, doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Everyone's like everyone's helping you. Like they don't. No one wants like see you fail. Um, everyone. I think everyone in the sport for the most part is willing to help, willing to be like a a guiding hand and they want to see you succeed. Um, I think there's nothing better than like seeing someone's face when they catch their first fish. Right. Um, And if we can make that experience for
0: one or two other fishermen, I think we all would do that. Right. That's an awesome, that's an awesome way to end it. And I just want to echo, like, if you go to a a fishing store as a, as a newbie, most of the time they'll be really nice to you because they're business. So, um if there's anyone who owns a tackle shop like just be nice because anytime uh, i run into a, a nice tackle shop owner I'll, I'll buy buy a lot of lures um that's how they mm-hmm. get me yeah <laughs> kill you with a smile right exactly well uh, ian this has been awesome thank you so much for uh joining me today and uh i'm looking forward to uh to releasing this podcast for everyone here of course i appreciate it um hope we talk
1: soon